Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. studying this letter and hopefully uh, we can take something home from this. I, um, I want to use verses 15 perhaps through 19 or 20 here this evening and uh, not going to take a whole long time but I do want to uh, maybe underline a few things in our heart. I am thankful for the importance uh, of the Lord that was instilled in my heart as a young man. I'm really thankful that someone was in my, multiple someones were in my life that were underlining the importance of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not, not just the importance of a song or the importance of a building, but the importance of our Lord. Uh, I believe there is a desire in the Lord, and this is what I kind of want to deal with this evening, not to just be merely prominent in our lives, but for the Lord to be preeminent in our lives. To be prominent is important. That's what that word means. And uh, there's a lot of important things. There's a lot of important issues that we all deal with in our life. But to be preeminent means surpassing all others. Surpassing everything else. And so I want to talk about the preeminent Christ this evening. He doesn't just want to be an, play an important part of our life. But the Lord wants to be first in our life. Amen. We have to fold and mold and mend everything around the Lord himself. The simple but profound confession of the early church was just this. Four words. Jesus Christ is Lord. Very succinct but very, very powerful. When Simon Peter proclaimed this powerful truth on the day of Pentecost, he concluded his sermon in verse number 36 of Acts chapter 2, he said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. And so what was being declared here and proclaimed was a fact that was true before the foundations of the world. And that is that Jesus Christ was and is and always will be Lord. Amen. And it was at that point when, when Simon Peter was preaching, and, and, and I'm just going to be, con, uh, be honest and confess again before you as I have many times that this, this passage of Scripture convicts my heart every time I read it because the Bible says that when they, when they collectively heard this, they collectively were pricked in their heart. It was something about the preaching of the Word of God I don't think it was the manner of speech or the style of delivery, but there was something about the conviction with which Simon Peter spoke on behalf of all the disciples when he spoke. It cut them to the core 
And their response was this, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, they understood that if in fact Jesus Christ is Lord, this knowledge demands a response. We can't just hear this with our ear and say, well, that's cute and that's nice and I never heard it quite put that way. But they realized we have to do something about this. They could not remain neutral. And I would suggest to us tonight that nor can we. We can't remain neutral with the knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can't remain indifferent because if we do, being indifferent toward the Lord is the same thing as rejecting the Lord. We sometimes talk about making the Lord, uh, making Jesus the Lord of our lives. And I, I understand what we mean when we say that, but in truth, uh, whether we whether we acknowledge his lordship or not, he is Lord. He is Lord of all. He is Lord in this life, and he is Lord of all. Nobody can make him Lord of our life. He is the Lord. And so the only thing that we can do is now respond to the fact that he is the Lord. And so in our text, going now to Colossians uh, chapter 1, and in verse, we're going to begin at verse number 15. Paul gives us several reasons why Jesus should have first place in our life. Amen. And I'm going to move. I'm going to move as quickly as I can through this. The first reason he gave us was that, in fact, Jesus was the manifestation of God Himself. Amen. So that's why he should be given first place in our life, because Paul said in Colossians one and fifteen that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In other words, he is the very manifestation of God. In the Greek, uh, this word image is our English derivative icon. Amen. And that points to a statue or a portrait or perhaps we would, would say a picture or a photograph. And so what's being said here is that Jesus Christ is the picture or the representation of God. And so when Jesus came to the earth, never doubt it, God came in the form of man. He walked among us. He lived among mankind. And so in Christ, we see the image of an invisible God. Amen. We see the portrait, the picture, uh, the photograph, if you please, of an invisible God. So that means that Jesus is divine. So when we look at John 1 and 1 in this passage, we see clearly just who Jesus was and is. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I read something yesterday and was reminded of something, really. Uh, but in the Jehovah Witness Bible called the New World Translation, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it is exactly as it is in the King James Version, except with the, with the exception of just one word. King James says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. In the Jehovah Witness Bible, their translation reads, and the Word was a God. Just a small letter, just a small word, but it changes the dynamics of everything. That little change makes a big difference. And I will tell you that he's not a God, he is the God. Amen. What we see in Jesus is the Word made flesh. Amen. That's the image that is portrayed for us. Amen. We see Jesus is the eternal God of the universe, leaving eternal glory 
amen, and robing himself in flesh and taking on the form of a servant and walking among men. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Paul said to the Philippian church in 2 and 6, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He existed, if you please, in the very form and the essence of God. In Jesus we have God made flesh, or as it is put to us in Matthew, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. And so if he is Lord of all, if he is master of of everything and king of kings, then he certainly ought to be first in our lives. Not when we get around to it, or not when it's convenient, or not if it fits. Amen. In in reading on from Colossians 15, if we moved on to verse number 16, the Bible, well, let me read a little bit the latter portion of verse 15. He said, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions. I want you to listen to this part. Amen. All things that are in the earth, visible and if that are, let me go back. I want you to get it, so let me stop fumbling. <laughs> Verse number 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And so Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, amen, in our passage, Paul calls him the firstborn of every creature. Now that's an interesting word, the firstborn of every creature, because it, the, the word firstborn signifies priority, or it signifies preeminence, above all, first, the beginning. It's a word of honor. It's a word of position, certainly a word of position in relation to other things. So what we have here is the Apostle Paul saying that, that Jesus deserves priority over all other things. And he deserves first place above all other things. And he is supreme over all other things. Amen. Not way down on the list, but he, we begin at God. Amen. I read a, a story that was told to be the truth of an elderly lady that was sick and had been sick uh, for a long, long time. And she had almost like the, the woman in the Bible with the issue of the blood, spent all she had on doctors. And one of her grandsons, sons or grandsons said, I believe that it is time for us to pray. She said, oh, Lord, has it come to that? <laughs> it always comes. It doesn't come to that. It begins... It begins with that. Amen. That's why he's supreme over all things because he was here before all things. He is the creator of the universe. Paul said the firstborn of every creature. Creator God called all things into existence. In verse 16, I wanted to reread those again. We read these terms, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities. Now these terms, uh, 
these are terms both for angelic and for demonic spiritual beings. But they were created by him and for him. Amen. It is his creative hand in everything, whether it is visible or invisible, whether it is physical or whether it is spiritual, it is all the creation of God. Earlier we quoted from the first chapters of John in Hebrew regarding the deity of Christ, and those same chapters also address the, the creative power as God. And so I'm going to go back there. John 1 and 3, the Bible says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, he says, God who at sundry, that word sundry means various, who at various times and in divers manners spake in times past unto fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, in whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the world. Amen. So it is clear that Christ is the creator, and that if for no other reason we should serve him for that and that alone. But he is far more than just a creator. According to our text, he is the sustainer of the universe. He's the keeper, the preserver of the universe. Our text says, by him all things consist. Amen. Not, not just all things live or breathe, but all things consist. That's an interesting phrase because it means by him all things stick together. Amen. The world is spinning and everything is moving, but it is not out of order and it is not out of orbit and it is not, it is not without rhyme or reason, but it is God who holds the universe in its place. I've, I'm always interested in, and uh, when you think, or if I find it interesting at least in creation, when the Lord uh, essentially spoke to the water and he said to the water, this is to the sea, this is where you stop. Amen. The Lord defined that. The Lord said this is where the land is going to end and this is where the water is going to begin and, and you're going to have to stay in this place and God holds all of this together. Amen. I am thankful that He is the creator and I am thankful that He is a sustainer, that He holds. If He can hold this world together, I believe He can certainly hold my life, my world together. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the power of God. Our text says that all things were created by him and for him. And so everything that has been created was not only created from his power, but it was created for his purpose. And I think that's, I think that's important for us to understand that this is not just a show of power, but at the base of this, the crux of this, there is, there is a, a pointing to or an underlining of his purpose. And so God didn't just create us for our own purpose but he created us because he had a purpose for us. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. God brought us into this place, not just so that we could do our own thing, but so that we could fulfill his purpose in our lives. No matter what your vocation may be, I believe that God has placed you in that position so that you can be a display to the world of how Christ would be if he were fulfilling that role. Amen. Did I put a little too much weight on your shoulders right there? Amen. If whatever your whatever your vocation may be, wherever you spend your day, amen, I believe that God has called you to that role so that others can look and say, that's how the Lord would do that. 
We ought to wake up every day wearing the weight of that responsibility, bearing that upon our shoulders. Amen. Everything was created for him. There's a purpose. God has a purpose for me. Not just so, again, I want to say not just so we can do our own thing, but i got to get up every day and find out what's his thing and do his thing. Amen. God gave us that that calling, that ability, whatever it may be. God gave that to you so that we and I, so that we could show the world, amen, how God can use and work in the life of somebody. We're on a mission wherever we are. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. You've heard this illustration countless times, but when an ambassador of the United States of America goes to another country, when they step off of that plane and on foreign soil, they are, for all intent and purposes, they are the United States of America. They are an ambassador. They are a voice. They are a representative. Amen. And so I am thankful that we are ambassadors for Christ. That has a lot uh, that has a lot of pressing in it to me, that has a lot of responsibility in it to me. Jesus Christ has called you to himself so that we could do his will and so that we could fulfill his purpose. No, no one can do for the Lord what you can do. Brother Tenney somewhat humorously always used to say, you might as well be yourself because everybody else has already been taken. Amen. And so the Lord didn't call us to be somebody else or try to parrot or mimic someone else. We certainly can be encouraged by the life of others. But the Lord didn't call us to be someone else. He called us to be uniquely us. And he will take what David said is fearfully and wonderfully made and he will uniquely use that in the kingdom of God for his glory and for his purpose. I believe that the Lord should be first in our life because he is, the, as Paul stated, he is the manifestation of God. He is the creator of the universe. He is the sustainer of all things. Amen. But another reason that's mentioned in our text is found in verses 18 and 19. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have, here's the word, preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. That's an interesting passage that Paul gives for our consideration. It is the image of a physical body. In a physical body, the head is what's in control. We could lose an appendage and it may hinder our lives and it may interfere with what we would refer to as normal or what had been normal, but we could live without that uh, finger or without that hand. We wouldn't want to, but we could. But we can't live without the head. Amen. We've got to have a head. There has to be a headship in the body. Amen. The body is the church and the head is Christ. And we must have Christ as the head. Amen. It's amazing uh, to me how wonderfully synchronized the Lord has made our body. And it doesn't take very much at all being altered to throw everything off. It's just amazing to me how every now and then, despite how many times we may have taken a bite of something, that every now and then we bite our lip. Because something got just barely out of sync. Just a little bit. It doesn't take much 
to affect, and I say this with great deference, Sister Williams is struggling with a little imbalance or a little balance issues here, but I was going to say this before that happened to you. But it doesn't take very much to just throw our balance off. I mean, just it's just amazing how finely tuned everything is and just something a little bit out of, out of, the, out of the ordinary. Our, our blood pressure can raise just a little bit and it begins to affect other things in our life. Certain levels, uh, chemistry levels in our body can raise or lower and it begins to affect everything because the Lord has everything so finely tuned. And so I, I'm thankful that there is a head that is controlling all of this. I'm thankful to know, amen, that that head is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we're. I'm glad to be a part of the body, but I'm glad to know who the head of the body is. Amen. I'll tell you what, if he's not in control, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Amen. Our goal is to discern what the Lord would have for us to do and to follow him with everything that we have. And so as our text says, our goal should be that in everything he would have supremacy. That he would be at the very top of our heart and our day and our lives. And that's what he wants. The church is like a human body, of course, and that is likened in multiple places. We're members of that body. He is the head. Amen. And so we have to follow his direction. And we have to go where he leads us. If there is one single thing that I could leave you with tonight to think about, it would just be this. That Jesus does not want, and this was my opening words, just prominence in our life. He doesn't want to just play an important role in our lives. Because there's a lot of people that play an important role in our life. There's a lot of things that are important to us. So he doesn't want just prominence. Many, many churches and many people give the Lord a prominent place. He's an important place. They know where to turn in a crisis, in the time of trouble, and that's a wonderful thing. I'm not being cynical about that. Amen. But we have to give God more than just a prominent place in our life. We must give Him preeminence in our life. Too many people decide what they want to do and then pray and ask God to bless their plan. Amen. Now I'm going to begin with me. I think we've all been guilty to some degree of that. That Lord, if here's, here's how I think it ought to work and we just start praying to that end. And we don't really know what we're praying about because we can't see the end and we can't see all of that. Amen. That's, you know what that's doing? That's giving the Lord a prominent place. Here's, here's a path we could take, Lord, and, and so I'm going to keep you an important part of my life, and I'm going to pray that you do just this. We're talking to him about that. And he doesn't want just prominence, and he doesn't deserve just prominence, but he desires and deserves preeminence to have first place. Not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Your will, Lord, not to be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want your will. Prominence has given the Lord a high place, but not necessarily first place, but a high place. You see, in our world, there's no such thing as not being a first place. I'm, I, I am, uh, just recently heard this illustration. Uh, someone was present. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Brother Paul Mooney uh, was present in another country at some kind of... Uh, 
not an Olympic type thing, but something like that. And it was a musical. And uh, it was a long way from Olympics, wasn't it? But it was a musical thing. <laughs> May not have been Brother Mooney. <laughs> I could be making all of this up. Let's just leave out all the details and let me get to the crux of the matter. <laughs> that at the end of the performance, the judges decided that there would be no first place. Because they had certain criteria for first place. And no one met the criteria for first place. Well, see, in our world, just the best one wins. But the best one could be a six on a scale of one to ten. They were just the highest, so they were first. But just think about that. That was their culture, and that was how they, they had, a, they had a, a certain set of criteria that they met, and, and they had to meet in order to be given first place. And so no one won first place. And I'll tell you this evening that there, there should always be God at the top because he does meet all the criteria to be number one in any culture at any time in any season amen he desires and he deserves to be the first place we we turn and so instead of coming together and deciding what we want to do we should say lord not my will but thy will be done i want to i want to keep him the preeminent christ in my life, not just something I got around to or not something I had time for today, but I want to keep him first and foremost. Would you stand? Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. Amen. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Amen. And I'm thankful for the word of God because this is what's going to save us. Amen. Let's ask God to touch his word to our heart this evening. Thank you today, God. And I'm asking you, Lord, to seal the word of hope in our heart here tonight. Let the power of your spirit touch us, strengthen us, bind us together, Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.